Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 279 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Coco Quinn. Coco is currently bi-coastal, living between L.A. and Virginia, and she is a filmmaker and a writer. Welcome, Coco. Thanks for having me, Jen. Well, it's so nice to talk to you. Yeah, we talked for like, I don't know what, like 15 minutes before we started recording. So this this is going to be one of those episodes I could tell we're going to have a lot to talk about. So it was just delightful to talk to you already. But you know I like to start by asking 
What brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? I think I'd start when I was 33. I was at a street fair in Las Feliz with one of my buddies and they were doing blood testing and my friend wanted to go in. And so I sat down and I was like, okay, sure. And they took my blood and then like the person got really nervous and was like, is this right? And like tried a different meter and it was like in the 200s and they're like, do you feel okay? And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> so you were just at like a street normal. fair and they were doing like health screening kind of blood yeah. tests? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. my brain went, what? I know. <laughs> I've never know. been blood tested at a street fair, yeah. but now it makes sense. So they were doing mm-hmm. like screening and your blood sugar was over 200. Mm-hmm. And they were really worried. And then that made me nervous because I felt fine. I think that's one of the things that is so tricky about diabetes is like, when my blood sugar is high, I don't know that I feel bad in any way, mm-hmm. but it's when it starts going low that that can cause some problems. Some of the stuff I want to talk about today. But yes, I was diagnosed as diabetic and, you know, there's so many things that people talked about on your podcast that I realized contributed so much to that. Like, first of all, I've got it on both sides of my family. Right. And I think somebody told me when I was like 27 that I was like pre-diabetic and I was like, yeah, when I'm like my parents' age and my aunt's age when my aunt's got it. Like, yeah, I'll probably have diabetes. But you weren't expecting you would have it so soon. Well, I didn't know what that meant. You mm-hmm. know, I just thought like, okay, like in my 60s or something, like that'll be something to think about. I didn't realize that I was like already like on this path for being diagnosed at only 33. I really wanted to reverse it. So probably about five years ago, I decided I was going to try something for 90 days. And if that didn't work, I would try the next thing for 90 days. I love that, that experimental approach. Like, let's just see. So you were diagnosed at the age of 33, which was 10 Mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah. And so five years ago, halfway between then and now, five years Mm -hmm. in, you said, I got to do something. So you're going to experiment and try different things 90 days at a time to see if that could make a difference. I had done things before where I would like lose 20 pounds, which was not enough to like get me into a a non-diabetic range, for example. So uh, I went on a reality show when I was like 36. Gosh, I love it already. What reality show was it? I think it was TLC and it was called Married by Mom and Dad. So I got a personal trainer and like did all the like the eating like every three hours and, you know, it's on my diabetes medicine, but Whenever I was working out that hard and eating differently, my blood sugar started going down. And Jen, I remember crawling on the floor to the refrigerator at like six in the morning to go get a juice because you were my blood low. sugar dropped. And it was such a scary feeling. Yeah, that was, that was hard. Married by mom and dad. Were they like uh-huh. trying to match you up? Yeah, they were. You know, I took all these tests and personality to blood tests. I mean, they go through the ringer with these things. And like my sister had nominated me for it. And yeah, it, I mean, you can still watch it on YouTube. But that's so funny. Now, you know, I want to watch it. I didn't even get a date out of it personally. (laughs) I didn't find anybody. But my parents have been together forever. They're the cutest couple. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not figuring it out. Like, I let them have a shot at it. That's great. So you were doing, they had you on that and you lost 10 pounds, you said? No, I lost 20 pounds before the show started, but I was also like jittery because like my blood sugar would be low at different times of the day. Plus all the stress of like camera crew in your house and like your dog is like suddenly having to be in the kennel and you know, he doesn't like that. And he's like, what are all the people doing here? And I'm like, baby, you have to be there because we can't have you getting out. So it was just, it was a lot. And my parents were staying with us because they lived in Hong Kong at the time. 
So anyways, yes. And then the blood sugar like dropping. Wow. was crazy. So yeah, so I'd done it. I'd lost like 20 pounds here and there. I remember my parents came home after we'd finished shooting and brought home like a French dip sandwich and I had had carbs. You know, in at least two months, yes. I just remember eating this French dip sandwich, being like, "Well, there that goes." Like- uh huh. Oh, I remember those days. <laughs> Diets passed where I had been restricting something. Usually, when I would have something I shouldn't, it had to do with alcohol. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was at the the National Gifted Conference was in Atlanta, uh-huh. and I was there with a colleague, and I had been low carb like for I don't know two weeks. Who knows? It was like mm-hmm. the mid. 2012 or something and I'd been low carb and then I drank too much Uh and so then I'm like I'm having cheeseburgers I'm having fries I'm like and that was the end of that Uh uh-huh oh my god yes it is so hot your body just has been so restricted and it just wants to binge on all the things after that and that was it for the diet was Mm -hmm. over yeah Yeah. there it goes you know I'd done the Weight Watchers and I'd done Isogenics and I'd done oh, yeah, all the too. things and I could always lose like 20 pounds and then just like hit this wall and it would be so frustrating Jen because I was following all the rules yeah I was oh I hate it when I'm like I'm doing everything that they're telling me to do and yeah. I'm not getting the results that they're telling me I'm supposed to have and it's miserable to do it at the same time <laughs> it's miserable. right yeah. And it's like, I remember doing isogenics and someone invited me to like this beach party on uh, like Llama Island in Hong Kong. And I was like, I can't go because I got to sit here and eat this like chocolate tablet and drink this nasty juice. <laughs> it's true. The cleanse liquid. That was like this red liquid. And it was oh, like, God. I'm having a cleanse day. You would yeah. drink it every few hours and eat the uh-huh. snacks, they called them, but they were these little wafers. They were mm-hmm. like cardboard wafers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, delicious. And then a shake. So, uh, you know, and I couldn't miss a bit of I'm like looking to like the top of the blades on the bottom of the bullet. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're getting every bit of that right. shake. But like to this day, I'm like, oh, I bet that party was awesome. Oh, and but you I didn't go to the party. You didn't I didn't go, go to the party because oh. I was like on my strict routine, which was working, you know. Yeah. And then, then I moved to Los Angeles just after that and like tried to keep up with it. But oh, I don't even know if I could find the same stuff anymore. So that was complicated. And then some of the things I'd gone through as a kid. So we moved to Naples, Italy when I was 10. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I got all the sinus infections. So it was like every other week, like I'm in there and they're x-raying me and they're giving me antibiotics. And, you know, I wouldn't have put it together at the time. But like I went from being like a really skinny kid to suddenly like putting on weight. That's and so interesting. So now I know, like, that's messing up my microbiome yep. and all those, but we didn't know that, you know? No. So, and then I hit puberty super early, like 11. And then my mom, she, for a diet or like for health reasons, I'd cut out meat. And my sister never really liked meat. And she was like three at the time. And so I was like, yeah, the girls, we don't eat meat. So then oh. you're at like a barbecue and you're making like a potato chip sandwich. My like not eating meat for years until I was like playing sports in high school, that was so carb heavy. It wasn't like the right way to not eat meat. Like you said, like you said, instead of having like a nice salad and some roasted uh-huh. vegetables and something healthy, you had a potato chip sandwich. Yeah, because all those things weren't <laughs> available at a cookout, right. you know? And then we played a lot of sports on the oldest of four kids. So it was Little Caesars for dinner because you just got to like grab it on the go between all of our different soccer and cheering and dancing and all the stuff. 
yeah, so looking back, it was like a perfect storm for someone who is genetically insulin resistant to start causing a lot of damage to their body. That makes sense. And your gut microbiome is so important. Now, did your mom struggle with her weight? Did you did you watch her struggle while you were growing no. up? My mom is so skinny. She, we're both about like 5'9". And she was like, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but she was 114 pounds pregnant with her third child. My mom oh, wow. never struggled with her weight. No, I would say not. And then she's got these two girls that come out like all busty and curvy. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got that from the other side of the family, type. right? Yeah. I mean, her mother also very well in depth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like we definitely got it from our grandmas, but it skipped my mom. Yeah. Like my mom was a model. Like, right. you know, I, there's, I can show you pictures of her like fashion model and like the wow. local paper and stuff. But yeah, her genes and my genes are very different. So she never struggled. So you didn't have the picture of a mom always on a diet like I did. That that really wired me to like think that, oh, we got a diet. We're supposed to diet. Oh, and we're supposed to criticize our bodies all the time. Mm. Thanks. Okay. That's how I was wired early. And so, but your mom, I bet she didn't really know what to do because she'd never had to diet herself. Exactly. And I think that really stressed her out. Mm-hmm. Just see me like being like on the bigger side of things in school. And I remember it must have been like sixth grade. Again, like I'm already fully in puberty and like my right. full height and like basically physically a woman. And I remember they had to like weigh us all in the back of the classroom and like, you know, like the big old scales and everybody's yes. like going up to like, it's like a hundred, maybe 104, whatever. And then it gets to me and everyone sees them move a little toggle from 100 to 150 and everyone's like, whoa, wow, really yeah. oh, <laughs> like, I can't imagine how hard that was. Sixth grade. Yeah. And it's like, I'm over here with like a woman body. Right. <laughs> like I'd already hit puberty and you're like weighing against, you know, like four mm-hmm. foot 11 boys in the a little, class. Well, because sixth graders can be tiny if they mm-hmm. haven't had their growth spurt yet. You know, they could uh-huh. be itty bitty. And there were like two of us that had done hit that mark. <laughs> Right. Right. But like that was mortifying. You know, nobody was taking into consideration like being the tallest of the class. It was like, oh, wow, you weigh a lot. And then another thing about hitting puberty at like fifth grade in Italy is I got like a lot of male attention. Like I remember Christmas tree shopping with my dad and there's like a group of men making kissing noises at me and I'm just like dying. (laughs) You're like, I'm a child. (laughs) I was a child. And you didn't even know what to do with that attention, I'm sure. No. No. It was just embarrassing. So yeah, I did not like the attention I was getting physically uh, or poor just my physical form. That caused some issues. So yeah, so then when I, I decided, you know, five years ago, this is what I'm going to do. I started out, I did a candida cleanse for 90 days and I lost like 10 pounds and then nothing. And I remember reading the book and this will make me laugh. In the beginning, they're like, okay, so if you really have a lot of weight to lose, then you should be eating six times a day instead of just three. And, <laughs> and for the Jen, candida cleanse? Jen, I moved uh, like a big puffy chair into the kitchen because I was cooking all day and I'd have all these yeah. recipes and marks and it were like $500 on like groceries and supplements. So I was like, yeah. again, I follow all the rules. I'm doing this perfectly. Well, I know me too. I did those <laughs> too. I did a candida cleanse one time for the same thing because I was like, that's got to be my problem. Got to be it. Got to be it. <laughs> I, I tell you, I had alarms going off on my phone like every two hours because it was like, this handful has to be taken with food three times a day. And then this handful has to be taken without food three times a day. What did you take? What was it like? I'm trying to remember the supplement that you were supposed to, like oil of oregano. Was that one of the things that you were supposed to take to kill the candida? I don't remember if there was oil. A lot of them were like pills that I 
got off this website. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking a literal handful all day long. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. And so luckily, so I'm in film, so I wasn't working on a film at that time. So I was just home. I myself, <laughs> not going out. I just broken up with someone I'm not dating. Like, I'm like, this is all I do. And I was like, I could not make it through making like six of these recipes a day. I'd make it through like two or three. <laughs> and like just eat those for my six meals a day. And I could not understand why like that, those 10 pounds fell off. And again, still doing everything right. And nothing else is budget. And then it stopped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, that was the 90-day mark. And I had listened to a podcast where Penn Jillette was on. Okay. And then I went back and listened to it because he'd mentioned this dessert that sounded really delicious where he would take blueberries and rinse them and then dump on like cayenne pepper and cocoa powder. And I was like, what was that recipe? And I looked it up. And then I listened to that episode again, and he was talking about weight loss. So I bought his book. And his book was called Presto, How I Made 100 Pounds Disappear. Yeah, I remember when he lost the weight, but I'm trying to remember what he did. So You're uh, about to tell me. I'm about to tell you because this is what I did. First of all, he says in the beginning, like, I'm a comedian. Like, don't take health advice from me. You'd be an idiot. But I was like, whatever, it works. Let's see what you did. So he's not like, here's a step by step. He's just like, here's what I did. And then I, like, extracted as much as I could from what he had done. So he never uses the phrase intermittent fasting. He would just be like, I would push my eating window and then I would okay. eat. And I then I think I knew that he, he did some fasting. He did. And he also did what I want to say is non ethical veganism because he wasn't about like, you don't want to be considered like a vegan. Like, I'm doing this because I'm still going to wear leather or whatever, you know? He, he was, was like, he whole food plant based. He was plant based. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. And the other I, thing, I think that people say whole food plant-based instead of vegan just because yeah. vegan has a connotation. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that connotation. I'm just saying it, it ha- it's a powerful word. Oh, my gosh. Another one of my times when I lost like 20 pounds, I had read – it wasn't French women don't get fat. It was Skinny Bitch. I read the Skinny Bitch oh, yeah, diet. Yeah. Were they vegan? They were vegan. And they and also I, didn't like coffee. I remember that. I had that book at one time and they like <laughs> – Said something about coffee. I'm like, thumbs down. No. Well, I was like, okay. And I just remember going out to dinner with my parents. I was living in DC at the time and I went and visited them down in Virginia Beach. And I'm trying to like order and talk to the waitress. And I was like, oh, so I'm vegan. So I don't do whatever. And she left the table. And my dad was like, why would you say that? Like, don't don't (laughs) tell people you're vegan. Like, I was like, I'm in a cult. he yeah, was so that's so funny. Well, dads, you know how they are, but yeah. okay. So Pendulet was was whole food, plant based. Mm-hmm. Not calling himself. A, I knew he did something like that, but that was restrictive. But I couldn't well, remember uh, what it was. One so, of the things you might remember is the potato diet. I do remember the potato yes. diet. I only well, lasted not one, that one day. The one that that Penn did. So Penn's oh. version of this potato diet is for two weeks. You eat nothing but potatoes. You eat them whenever you want, but you just eat potatoes because could then you add something to them that wasn't no. fat? Okay. The, when I did when I did it back in the day of my crazy dieting, it was called the potato hack. By that point, <laughs> did you ever see it called the potato hack? No. I was on Facebook at the time, so it was I don't know sometime between '09 and probably '14, somewhere in that mm-hmm. window. And it was called the potato hack. And I swear, I think there was a Facebook group for it. I'm not telling y'all to go find that group, everybody. (laughs) Do not do the potato hack. But you were allowed to have all the potatoes you wanted, but you couldn't add any fat. Uh And you couldn't have anything. Well, you could put like maybe, I can't remember, ketchup on them. I can't remember. But I was so hungry. Okay. Well, I'm Irish, you know, so it worked for me. I love potatoes. I love them too, but not (laughs) zero anything. But my birthday fell at that time. My friend was like, oh, can I get you a cake? And I was like, I'm just eating potatoes. And she brought me two sweet potatoes that she'd made made little paper faces for them. So they were decorative potatoes for my birthday. Yeah. And I just remember like eating up a little bowl of them and eating them like late night. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But you could have sweet potatoes. Yeah. Any potatoes. But like no salt and everything else. Okay. And you could boil them. You could bake them, but bake you couldn't. Them. You couldn't like French fry them. I did cut them up and put them in my air fryer, but nothing else. And the reason why is to realize how much of your relationship with food is social. Yeah, because there's nothing exciting about a potato. And he's like, it could have been anything, but he likes potato because he thinks it's funny. Okay, well that makes sense then. Yeah, yeah, it was just like it's kind of it was resetting your palate and helping you examine your relationship with food and boring you to death so that when you start eating like all the vegetables you want in the world, you're like, oh my god, this is this amazing carrot corn. is amazing. Yes. Yeah, I get it. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that for like the two weeks after I done the candida cleanse, and then I started just like eating. So I would make like. I'd have half a bag of kale and I'd have, you know, I don't know if you, I love Trader Joe's. So I get like the little like flying saucer thing of cut up veggies and dump half of that in. And then I would mash up an avocado and do apple cider vinegar and mustard and whip that all up together. And then I would do a, a cooked onion with like some other kind of vegetable and like a can of beans. So like that was my meal and it would take me, sometimes I'd dump them together, but it would take me like an hour to eat it. And if I still wanted something, I would get it. And if I wanted like that fruit salad, I kind of modified mine where I would do frozen fruit and do the cayenne pepper and cocoa powder. And then I was done. 
till the next day. And I would just see how long I could push it. I read Dr. Fung's book at that point and started listening to some people's podcasts. And yeah, it was a thing where it's like, the more the merrier. Okay. So it was back in the day of the fasting Olympics, basically. Uh huh. So what year would you say that this is? I'm trying to place it because, you know, I had my Facebook support groups. I'm going to guess 17, 18. Was it around in there? Yeah, it was definitely part of it was in 17. I don't know if like the beginning or the end because I started on Thanksgiving. I had Thanksgiving like through the weekend, (laughs) like friends and everything. And even though I'd had a Thanksgiving dinner, I was going to start the Monday after this weekend. And I remember being at a friend's house and my boyfriend at the time would come over and they got to meet. And then I was like, I got to get out of here because I want to hit Chick-fil-A before yeah. midnight because I'm starting on Monday. Right. <laughs> I was like very serious about like following all the I rules. get it. I get it. But those were the days when people were really just like people didn't understand about fasting no. and people would just do too much. Well, and this is before I started much. the fast. This was before okay. I started because I knew I was about – this was right before I was going to start Just Potatoes. And I, again, like whoever I was listening to at the time, it was not a clean fast. So I really wish mm-hmm. that your book was there at the time and then come into my consciousness because this person was like, oh, well, if you have like two kombucha and like all the bone broth you want, like right. you're fine. So that's what I had during my longest fast was like 10 days. When oh, that's wow, all I had yeah. was like up to two kombucha a day and bone not broth. Not what we want you to not, do. No, no and we I, don't. I, I don't think that it creates like the best relationship with food. I think it can definitely trigger. And really, when you think about that, if you're having, yes, if you're Mm -hmm. having kombucha and bone broth and all of Mm -hmm. that, you're really low calorie dieting is what you're doing. Exactly. And and the the bone broth and the kombucha or the cream in your coffee or the the Mm -hmm. bulletproof coffee, whatever you're, you know, quote, allowed to have on those types of programs that I do not recommend. (laughs) You're low calorie dieting all the time, but you're constantly yeah. putting in enough that maybe your stomach feels satisfied. I don't know, but that's a really great way to crash your metabolism. Yeah. And then the binging will happen mm-hmm. when you've crashed your metabolism. Your body's like, you're going to die if you don't stop yeah. doing this. Well, and I had been doing basically clean fast because I would have I call it sparkle coffee, Jen. I would do my little soda stream, and then I would put a little cold brew in that. So yeah. sparkle coffee and like that would get me through like the day until it was time for me to eat. And then I'd usually like watch the same TV show, which took an hour and eat my giant salad and then like have like a fruit or something. And then I was good till the next day because I was full and I was satisfied. And because I had basically broken like all my processed foods in that two week potato thing, right? I wasn't having cravings for all the things that are bad for me. Like I really look forward to my salad. Mm-hmm. So you were nourishing your body well. You were fasting yeah. clean. Yeah. Was that just like you were accidentally fasting clean at that point? Yeah. And then when I read about like these people that were doing like the extended ones, and I think even Fung talks about like having bone broth during a fast, like not ideal, but if you need it or whatever. Yeah. I hadn't had kombucha for months and I hadn't had any animal products in months because that wasn't a part of my, my regular routine. So it was like no alcohol, no flour. It was just like beans and fruits and vegetables, no salt, like nothing else, but my taste buds really were wowed by what I was eating that was real. Yeah. So I didn't really miss all that. For me, it was like, oh, I can go for 10 days. Oh, I didn't know. I was just going to be like, listen to my body. But I was like, yeah, but I get to have kombucha and bone broth. Like, these are delicious. <laughs> I can have right, all the salt right. I want because, yeah. you know, I'm doing my, my fasting. So again, if I had, you know, read your stuff back then, I don't think I would have ventured down that path because I don't think it really did much. Delay Don't Deny came out at the end of 2016, but I didn't talk about extended fasting at all in Delay Don't Mm -hmm. Deny, but there were, you know, kind of like 
going in a couple of different directions, but the extended fasting community, right around 2017, 2018, there were like some groups that were like really extreme. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. about Jason Fung's groups. I'm talking about some really extreme groups. I'm not even going to say mm-hmm. the names of them. You might have stumbled into some of them My where God. they they believed the longer you could fast, the better you just fast. Uh-huh. And they were doing the weirdest things and it was dangerous. And mm-hmm. I almost was like, I feel like the guy who's running this group is just like making this up to see what he could get people to do. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Like they were drinking their own urine at one point. I'm not kidding. (laughs) And I'm like, now he's literally making stuff up. Yeah. Oh my God. If you had been around in Facebook groups right then, because his people would wander into our Facebook groups and they'd be like, we do this. And I'm like, ban, block, no. (laughs) Yeah, we're not about that. Yeah. yeah, no, this is not me advocating for that. Like that no. was just like no, but how it was it was a wild I was time of like following the rules of whatever I was right. writing. You know, well, I'm glad um, you didn't wander into his group because those rules scary. you would not have liked. You know, I think that I would have drawn a line there at the drinking. Your yeah, mirror. you would have. You would have. You would have. <laughs> so uh, I remember one of the guys, whoever was like, "You could do kombucha and bone broth." So I was doing like a four-day fast and I was flying out to New York. A friend of mine had a movie premiering out that I had like a three-second little cameo. <laughs> but I wanted to go support him. This was the first thing he directed. So I had been fasting for like three days. I was on my fourth day of the fast and I'm like going through security. But Jen, it was like, okay, can't bring liquids through, but am I going to be able to find kombucha in this airport? And I was like called and I couldn't like get through to a restaurant. And I had a legitimate panic attack going yeah. through security I like was sat down on the other side of it like my hands were like all clenched and like my glasses were falling down my nose and like the lady had to like push him up and then the paramedics came and I was tachycardio like wow. they were like yeah they were like you shouldn't get on this flight and I was like no I have to like <laughs> I another one like this is I'm going to take this. And I just went and like bought myself like a whole thing of like almonds and like probably mm-hmm. a coffee with something in it. It was just like, all right, like I, I got to eat right now. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's just an example of, you know, we definitely do not want to fast that long. No. And no need. There is no need because literally eating every day, Jen, in those like two months, I averaged out because I would weigh myself every day. And that really helps me to remember that <laughs> I'm doing something. <laughs> I had to take the time weigh myself in the morning, right. write it down, you know, I take my blood sugar. It's like if I'm not doing that every morning, I kind of forget that I'm even trying to make any changes. <laughs> <laughs> so I need that just like check in with myself daily. So Jen, what I realized though is like when I looked at those two months and most of it was just, you know, eating like big satisfying meals with like real fat and fruit and veggies and everything and beans, I lost an average of a pound a day in that time. Wow. Yeah. And I'm tall and I got down to 143 pounds. It was traumatic. <laughs> like yeah. everyone like talks about like, oh, you're gonna like lose weight and everything's gonna be so sunshiny and breezy and you're just gonna love it. And it's gonna solve all the problems in your life. Right. And for me, Jen, yeah. I a didn't have a ton of money. Like this was like a stage in my life where you know, I was working all kinds of different gigs and I kind of taken a pause to like focus on my body. So then I was going through like my sister's wardrobe because she had gone over and she was living in China at the time and like any clothes my mom had left behind when she was visiting. So I was like trying on their clothes and Jen, I would try on dresses that I'd ordered that I hadn't been able to fit into and suddenly I put them on and now they're too big. So I like right. missed the window. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't a healthy rate of loss. It wasn't. I don't think it was unhealthy because it was so easy. I wasn't doing anything hard and I was eating a lot of real food every day. Okay, but this this is not when you were doing the 10-day 10, 10 fast. No, no, no. This was later. Okay, this was later. Yeah, I tried the 10, you know, because like all this had happened and I was like, maybe this would be even better. Okay, you didn't do that very long. You went no. to a daily eating window. I started with a daily eating window and then the more okay. I learned about fasting, then I was like, well, I'm already doing so great at this. Let's try that. Okay, that makes sense. The moral of the story is that part didn't help me at all. It didn't make any changes that, you know, wouldn't be reversed as soon as you like ate food again. Right, right. Whereas like the daily fasting and eating a lot of really good food, that's when I was losing on average a pound a day. And I mean, I had so much inflammation to lose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the crazy things about weighing yourself every day is like after I got to that point, I went over to Hong Kong. It was my parents 40th anniversary. I was going to spend a month over there. And they don't have Trader Joe's. So I couldn't eat all the things that were like my That were you were used to having. Yes, yeah. It's like, I like the hummus that tastes like this. And I like it with, you know, air fried pecans. And like, I like my frozen <laughs> fruits and to put my like, my pepper and, and chocolate on. And I went to like three or four different grocery stores in Hong Kong, just trying to find frozen fruit. <laughs> I not yeah. find it. So like for me to maintain my routine in this time got really hard. Plus it was like a celebratory time and- you know, by then I had reversed my diabetes. Wow. Yeah. Over what period of time did that happen? Gosh, it, it all happened so fast. So I want to say by the time I was in like, I was about like 160 and I got my blood work done, it came back in the normal ranges. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. So, and I also want to point out for anybody who's listening that might be new to intermittent fasting, a pound a day of fat loss is not feasible really because your body doesn't lose fat that quickly yes. so yeah you're lo- you know you might have a lot of inflammation mm-hmm. and water weight now I'm not going to say that that doesn't feel great you know if you lost <laughs> 20 pounds of water weight it's going to feel great because that's 20 pounds less that you're you're not carrying around mm-hmm. but do not expect you're going to lose a pound oh, a day no, no, no. no. <laughs> a pound a week of fat is more along the lines of what you, what you could expect to lose but if you're really puffy you know we can lose a lot of fluid or gain a lot of fluid well and i continued to weigh myself every day for that month in hong kong and jen there were days literally i would be up six pounds from the day before right because yep. i went out and i had you know Beers at the plaza, you know, exactly. Like, all the yeah, stuff. something that made your your body hold on to the fluid, exactly. right? But you didn't gain six pounds of fat overnight, no, exactly. And that's what you yep. learn, I think, is like, yes. weight means so. It's not about fat. Like weight is telling you so many other things. And there was a day that, like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna like eat just like veggies or whatever I would do, and like it would be down nine pounds. So I was like, this whole, like, when you weigh yourself every day and then you like alter yeah. your eating and drinking habits. It's insane. <laughs> like how that scale will pop around. It is absolutely crazy. And it's why, you know, in the Delight on Deny community, I am so calm when people like start to freak out about a number. They're like, I went on vacation and I got on the scale and it's 12 pounds heavier. And I gained 12 pounds. I'm like, you didn't. You, you didn't. didn't. You know, one <laughs> you time I went on a girl's trip and I gained uh-huh. nine pounds from Friday uh-huh. to Monday. Exactly. I did not gain nine pounds of fat. And by the following weekend, all that inflammation and puffiness, had I just started eating the normal foods I was eating, and I didn't do anything crazy. I just got back into my normal routine, and it was gone. Because we physically can't gain fat that quickly. No. And you also can't lose fat that quickly. But your body can fluctuate that much quickly. 
So yeah, so when I was saying I was losing an average a pound a day, like I know that that was like right. retained water. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. that. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 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 And I'm not like, and then this is the only way to do it. No, <laughs> like this right, is just right. like what happened to me. So then I'm back in LA and I'm like getting back into my little routines and then it's coming up. It's March Madness. I'm a Tar Heel. I got to go out and we have like our little alumni group and, you know, we see each other like once a year around this time. And I remember I ran into this guy and he was like, oh, where's your sister? And I was like, oh, she's in Hong Kong. And he was like, no, your other sister. And I was like, no, wait. And I like pulled up a picture. So of he thought you were like, your sister? What? No, he thought we had another sister, which was plus oh. size me. <laughs> he oh. literally didn't know it was me. And I went back to my old church because I had moved. So I went back to my old church in Santa Monica. I ran into a girl and she was like, hi, you look so familiar. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I knew you for years. I was like the social coordinator. <laughs> I'm just like you know, and, and you had lost how many pounds by that point? Probably like 60 pounds. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so true. I remember when I was standing in the office one day at my elementary school and a student came in and he was in middle school by that point, he, I don't know, maybe eighth grade or something, but I had taught him up through fifth grade in the gifted program and his little brother was at this elementary school, but uh-huh. he had not seen me. When he was in fifth grade, I was 210 pounds uh-huh. and now he's back and I've lost, you know, 80 pounds and he looked at me, this kid, and I'm like, hey, Kel, how are you doing? I shouldn't say his name. Hey, child. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter. I'm no longer a teacher. It doesn't matter if I said a kid's name. He was like, Dr. Stevens, is that you? And I'm like, yeah, it is. He's like, you look different. I mean, he had no idea what was going on. I guess maybe he recognized my voice, but Uh yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get it. You look so different from what they're used to. And I did not enjoy that experience. Another thing that would happen, Jen, is that people that I was friends with that were like trying to date my friends suddenly were hitting on me. And I was just like, you've known me for six years and you've never hit on me. But now that I'm like a skinny me, like you're hitting on me. And I had so much rage, Jen. (laughs) I get that. I was so upset. You know, and it affected some of my relationship with those girls. I don't know if like suddenly like I was a threat or whatever. But I feel like that's something I've always been really self-conscious about. Like I want to be liked and I want to fit in. And moving all the time growing up and, you know, as an adult traveling a bunch. I would meet new women. I felt like it was like a little icier. I don't want to be like, yeah. I, I used to weigh a lot more. <laughs> like, I get it. No, like I get better. it. We're so tied up with our self-image. And mm-hmm. it's weird. You know, when you view yourself, I was always little growing up. And I didn't start gaining the weight till adulthood, really. And so that didn't feel like like the real me. But I can imagine if you suddenly were a lot skinnier than you'd ever been, you're like, this doesn't feel like the real me. Yeah. Is like kind of like that. Adult? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just getting hit on yeah. more. And I just was like, this is so superficial, you know, right. like you don't know me. And oh, and then when people would be like, oh, my God, you look amazing. And you must have been working so hard. And then I would get mad, Jen, because fasting was really easy for me. Yeah. And, and before you had worked hard. I had worked and now so you- hard. Every other time, I mean, worked so hard and like counting the calories. And I hate that. I absolutely right. can't stand it. And I would get really mad because, again, I want to do everything perfectly. Right. I would want to know like that I was doing everything just right. And that's it was just really hard to do with like the calorie counting and everything. But I did the work and I was miserable. And suddenly I'm doing this thing that's like super easy and like weight's dropping off. And it's like, but this is easy. Like, but. 
So like I didn't want the credit now, you know? Right. I get it. I get it. Heavier Me was working her butt off and Mm -hmm. nobody knew. That's an important story for people to understand about fasting is how hard we tried with so little success. You know, you yes. talked about the isogenics days and I did those things, those same God. things. And all the things. That was hard. It was so and, you hard. Know, I don't remember anybody in my environment being like, that is really bad for you. Stop doing that. They're like, no. good for you. Good <laughs> for you. And then I started fasting and it was easy. And I'm uh-huh. eating the foods I love every day. And they're like, what's wrong with you? You're starving yourself. I'm like, <gasps> right. why didn't you tell me that when I'm nibbling a wafer in the corner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and suddenly, like, when I did start going out again, because, again, I was, like, cut off from pretty much everything social during this time of, like, focusing on what am I eating, and Penn's thing was, like, relaxing and not trying to do too much, like, letting your body, like, work at getting to all this extra fat that you were carrying, measuring ketones here and there, because that's fun. You're like, look, look at how well things are working. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, I don't care if it's like totally accurate. I want to see colors change on a stick. So when I did start going out, people were looking at me like, oh, like, does she have an eating disorder? And like suddenly mm-hmm. worried, you know, it's like, I get, no. yes, yes. My disorder was like, I wanted to leave the party last year so I could go get Ben and Jerry's on the way home, you know, mm-hmm. and that was what was bad. And now suddenly I'm doing what really works for my body and I'm getting critical kind of stuff from the girls and then guys are like, Hey baby. And I'm like, ew. And uh, yeah. And then I had like two times where I was assaulted in a thinner body and like cops had to be called and stuff. And it was really scary. One time, you know, you were talking about how like you got drunk (laughs) and then you ate all this stuff. Well, you know, I didn't drink the whole time that I was doing my like big like drop all this weight and reverse my diabetes. And then I was like trying to add it back in. And like one night I went out I'm suddenly in a much smaller body. Right. And so you can't handle alcohol the same way. I'm mm. at this place. Like one of my girlfriends, she was performing. She's like singing Disney songs at this jazz club. I'm sitting there by myself and it's like a two drink minimum kind of place. So I'm having a, like espresso martinis. And then I don't know if the waiter like overserved me or if I was roofied or what. But yeah, it was like the scariest night. And it was like so much of me felt like, being in a thinner body made me Mm -hmm. a target. Unsafe. I understand that. I think women struggle with that. You're right, Mm -hmm. because we do feel sometimes when we are getting unwanted attention, we've all gotten it, right? Mm -hmm. We've all gotten that unwanted attention. And it does feel scary. And it doesn't feel good. It feels yucky. Yeah. So yeah, having that happen like twice. One time I was out of town and like Mm -hmm. some woman, I was talking to somebody, some woman like pulled up the back of my dress. Like in front oh of a group gosh. of like all her friends and they scared me to death. I was like frozen and like on the phone with the cops. It was, wow. oh gosh. It, but That's again, such a strange thing to do. It, people are weird. People are weird. And I was yeah. like, yeah, but suddenly here I am like thin body in this dress. I've been wearing the same dress because of course I always had to buy stretchy dresses because nothing with a yeah. zipper you can trust right. when you're like a little plus size. So I'm still wearing like the same dresses, but now weird like assaulty things are happening because the body yeah. underneath the dress is different. It's the same dress. Yep. I didn't get yeah. into these situations before. Mm-hmm. That was really, really hard to try and process. And that's one of the things I'm working at because I, I have over the pandemic, you know, like I slowly put weight back on and then 
you know, I could have made the decision to like intermittent fast. I hadn't found your book till a year ago. Did you find Fast Feast or Pete? <laughs> I found your podcast first. Like you had an ad and some other podcasts I listened to. And then like I immediately got your book and like went through it and started following it. And this is something I wanted to talk about with being diabetic. So that's when I wrote you the first time. It was like a year okay. ago. Because I was like, this is my story and da da da. And now I've got like the whole gin hack of like, oh, you can still have things. Because my brain hadn't like separated that I was doing like very restricted eating and intermittent fasting. Like I kept feeling like I had to go back to that way of eating. And I was like, no, there's nothing joyous in my life right now. There's no pleasure. There's no, you know, we're all isolated and locked down. I can't just eat like beans right now. (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to. Whereas if I had found your book, I would have been able to be like, oh, I can eat these other things. And then like, let's let's see what the fasting is doing with my body. It's all about having joy in the eating window. Mm -hmm. It's not fast diet repeat. Exactly. Right? It's fast feast repeat. And we want Mm -hmm. to enjoy the eating window and enjoy – Food is a pleasure of life. It's supposed to be. Exactly. And my sister's a really good cook and we were roommates back in LA. So yeah, like she would go out grocery shopping because again, I was diabetic and this is like pre anything. And she'd like come in and we'd wash all the groceries and she'd be like- I remember those days. She'd rip off the clothes and take the shower while I'm getting the the groceries washed. And she'd like shop for three weeks because we didn't want to be out there very much. Right. It was a whole thing, and she took really good care of me. And, like, yeah, she's an amazing little chef. She made, like, a whole menu for her house. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Yeah, and we drank a lot of wine. Like, so over that time, you time. gained weight then. Yeah. A lot of people did. I My honesty well, pants got tight during the pandemic because I was drinking more nights a week at that time. Mm-hmm. And we were doing a lot of baking. <laughs> All of us were baking. Little trading recipes. Yeah. So, yes. And then like yep. also with not having routine, like right. sleeping cycles were really weird. But then, so when I found your book and I wrote you because I had like this great success story and now I'm like, oh, I'm going to be able to follow what Jen says and it's going to be freaking awesome. And then, like, immediately, because I do water aerobics, too. So I would get up. Water aerobics was, like, at 10. I would have, like, hang yep. out with ladies, read a book, read your book. <laughs> and was just feeling incredible. And, like, weight was starting to come off. 
But what happened was the weight started coming off real fast. Okay. What was different? Which means that, I mean, who even knows? Because again, like when I did this last time, I'd come off like the candida clones and the mosquitoes and this. Right. And like whatever my pill situation was with treating diabetes, I wasn't in the same place when I started Mm -hmm. last summer. So what happened, I ended up learning from my doctor, was that I was experiencing low blood sugar symptoms, even though my blood Ah. sugar was too high because of the rate my blood sugar came down. Okay. So you were feeling it. I was feeling like a crazy person, Jen. I bet. I went into such like depressive, panicky Mm -hmm. anxiety and would just be like laying in bed crying. (laughs) Was it because of the food choices that you were making or or your fasting schedule or over-exercising? What do you think was causing? Were you not keeping good track of your blood sugar? No, it was because I was doing all the right things, which I had not been doing any of the right things before. And suddenly like eating the whole foods and being like on top of taking my medicine because I would go for times where I wasn't. Okay. Yeah, it was suddenly like all of like doing all the good healthy things at once. Okay. Really like plummeted me and that was really hard. Okay. So you had been used to living with really high blood sugars uh-huh. and now they're normal low, but you're not used to that feeling. Is not that what was happening? Low. They were still too high, but like when it dropped okay. like a hundred points or whatever. Okay. Even though it would still be too high and out of like the healthy range, it was making me feel like I had low blood sugar. I get it. I get mm-hmm. it now. So yeah. So you were you were doing you were actually getting to a healthier place, uh-huh. but it was such a change uh-huh. that again because I'm felt so all bad. or nothing. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about because I know a lot of people that are seeking to do intermittent fasting are probably in the same boat. And right, you know, I really like have been working with my doctor and like other ways to deal with the anxiety that comes up, and that's been really helpful. And then I was like, okay, got that sorted. So now I'm going to start all over again. And then I had like crazy bouts of insomnia. And it's like, how do you intermittent fast when you wake up at a different time every day? And like now like the sun's coming up and you're starving. And if you go and eat food, then you can fall asleep. At least I can. It helps. But like that's the thing you don't want to do. But you're like laying in bed for hours being like, if I just ate something, I'd probably fall asleep. But like then what does that do to like having a window? So do you think you were over fasting at that point or what was keeping you from sleeping? I think it's like a kind of common side effect of ADD and especially with like not having a a normal routine. So we talked about this before we Mm -hmm. started recording, but you haven't mentioned it yet since we've been (laughs) recording. You have ADD. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that was coming into play at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I was just kind of banging my head against the wall being like, I know that intermittent fasting works. But how do I choose a window when I am asleep at different times every day? You were caught in the tweak it till it's easy phase where you knew there was going to be an easy. Mm -hmm. And and there's a chapter, everybody, if you haven't read Fast Feast Repeat yet, there's a chapter called Tweak It Till It's Easy. And if it's not easy, you haven't found your tweak yet, right? Exactly. Somewhere between the fasting Olympics and not fasting at all Mm -hmm. and in between, between this food restriction or eating everything, somewhere in the middle of all of that on the sliding scale is your sweet spot where you can tweak it till it's easy. Oh, 100%. Yep. I wanted to bring that up. And again, like I was <laughs> nervous to talk about this. I'm like, I'm not a perfect faster. Nobody is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good news. Perfection not required. No. but then Fast, like- clean. And when you're fasting, fast, clean. Some mm-hmm. days your fast will be shorter. Some days your fast will be longer. That's it. So then I had this aha moment where I was like, okay, 
I eat between two and eight. That's my mm-hmm. window. If I okay. wake up at seven, I can eat till eight, like PM. Like, and if I'm not falling asleep until whenever, like I was like, I can just choose the same window no matter what and not focus on like how stressful it is not to have like to choose a window right. when my sleep's off. And then I got COVID and then I was like, well, now I can't fast because I have to <laughs> I'm not, you should be fasting while you're sick. I actually listened to my body when I, when I had COVID. Mm-hmm. It was when I was recording the audiobook for Cleanish and I was really, I had, it was the fall of 2021 and I had a really high fever for 10 days or something. And I listened to my body and I did keep fasting because that's what my body wanted to do. I tried to eat when I could mm-hmm. later in the day, but I fasted till probably about three or so every day and I ate what I could. So having an illness doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't fast, but it's really when you should listen to your body. Your body will tell you. Oh, yeah. And my body slept for most of it. So yeah, again, yeah. It was well, like I was, I was doing an audio recording schedule every single Honey. day for hours. I don't know how I did it. I have no idea. <laughs> the show must out. go on. <laughs> Elementary <laughs> teachers, we could have like anything happen to us. And then we're like, all right, everyone, get in line. Here we go. <laughs> Time for lunch, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just want to say, like, even when I've had these different challenges, I know how good my body feels when I'm intermittent fasting, and I keep coming back to it, even though, you know, other things have come up. So, yeah. So, tell me what your routine looks like now, for the most part. So, right now, it's very complicated because I've been traveling. I've been everywhere from, like, Michigan to North Carolina and all parts, like, the east and all around since then so I'm still trying to find like what my sweet spot's gonna be I'm back out in the world because I locked down really hard right I finally got COVID you know I was already like vaxxed and boosted and everything so it wasn't that bad but yeah so now I'm (laughs) like starting to like reconnect with people that your fasting is just flexible and it fits you know you may not be somebody who has like a set in stone routine from day to day. You're somebody who, this is just my, my hunch, mm-hmm. tell me if I'm right. You know, like I have so many guests who are like, I open my window every day at three and then I eat until seven and that mm-hmm. is what I do. Whereas that is not what you do. You no. respond to what's going on and the changes and you make it work from day to day and you slide it around as necessary. Would that sound yeah. like what you're doing? Yeah. And like, I always try and like aim for a six hour window. Right. But I look more at like when I'm going to open my window in a day, not necessarily like when I closed it the day before. That's me. I don't look at that. I, I just track window. Yeah. Window. Five hours. That's pretty much it. If I try and go the other way, like yesterday has nothing to do with today. Like yep. last week, Jen, I went to sleep in North Carolina, woke up, went to the dentist in Virginia Beach, had a nap, and then went to bed in New York City. Right. So this is where I am right now. Yep. And you're making it fit into your day, however it can. And so I, I love that you can't say, here's what I do every day. Mm-hmm. Instead, you're like, it depends. And it's usually I keep it in a six hour window, depending on whether I'm waking up in Virginia Beach or going to bed in New York or whatever <laughs> I might be doing. Right? Exactly. That's, that's an example of how intermittent fasting could be flexible. Mm-hmm. So as far as your eating habits right now, I know you've been everything from all potatoes to uh-huh. whole food plant-based. What what would uh-huh. you say your eating style is right now? Right now, because I'm trying to focus on like really integrating the intermittent fasting back in, my eating is whatever looks good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. My mom was telling me earlier, she was like, oh, I just read an article that intermittent fasting is bad because you just like eat too much in the window. And it's like, 
no mom. <laughs> like, I was like, that's like, you know, saying that being vegan or vegetarian is bad because all you eat is potato chips. Like, that's a bad way to do that. That's right. not good for your exactly. body. Exactly. That's not recommended. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like Girl Scout thin mint cookies are vegan. But oh. if someone is, you know, that's, that's not, not recommended to just eat thin mint cookies. That's not going to give you all right. of your, what your body really needs. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, like if I'm in a, a stage where my body like wants to be bingy anyways and like eat processed food, it's better in a window than it is with like all day. That's right. <laughs> well, that's right. I think of the days when I was eating all day, every day, morning, noon, and night, and I was eating probably in a 16-hour period of time. I ate all day. It's certainly better to condense that in a smaller period of time mm-hmm. versus, you know, that's just having an eating window is is a healthy step compared 100%. to when you were eating junk all day long, eating junk in an eating window is a better step. Now, we all know eating high quality foods in an eating window is the goal. That is really what's best for your body. Mm-hmm. But, you know, don't let perfection be the enemy of good. Well, and the other thing I'd say is that, you know, I'm flexible with my window daily, but also like if it needs to go a little bit later, I'm not getting mad at myself. And I, right as my window becomes more of a daily habit, I crave the crappy food less, you know, I'm not denying it to myself right now because I know that my taste buds change as I follow along with, Mm -hmm. yeah, just nearing that window because I'm not having as many spikes. Like we already know I'm insulin resistant. So, you know, if I can give my body a 12 hour rest or an 18 hour rest, I'm still giving my body a rest and it needs that. And that keeps the, the like craving monsters at bay. And I love, you know, you can think about it like, you know, you might have a season where you're super busy and traveling and maybe you have a whole string of 12-hour fasts in a row. You didn't quit. You didn't fall off the wagon. You didn't stop fasting. You just were having wider you know, longer eating windows, wider yeah. windows. And a 12-hour fast is better than an eight-hour fast, right? Exactly. So if you can only manage a 12-hour fast because of what's crazy stuff's going on right now, that's way better than saying, I just, I quit. I quit. Yeah. No, don't quit. Do what you can. Mm-hmm. The other night, because I'm, I'm at my sister's place right now in New York, and I woke up at like three in the morning, and you know, there was delicious leftovers in there, and there was part of me that was like, hmm, I could eat that. And then I was like, or you can just go back to sleep, and you can have it in the morning. And I didn't wait until, you know, hours after I woke up. I had it when I woke up. Which but you delayed really it from big, three in the morning. Exactly. That was still that was a positive step. Now we really are almost was. out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? And you have one minute. All right. Well, first, I wish I had your book. <laughs> it's so much more <laughs> sensible to more like extreme things that I was wrapping my head around. I would just say be really kind to yourself, uh-huh. and. Yeah, like and I'm telling you about like all these different things, but I think because I know intermittent fasting works, I'm not afraid anymore, you know, of, like yeah, when I would do huge. other things and it's like, oh, that's unsustainable or this stops working after 20 pounds loss or whatever. Just be really kind and let yourself, if it's hard, let it be hard, but just yeah. know that you're still, you can make baby steps until it is easy because it does become easy. So just yeah. love yourself through the tough parts. I love that. And know that there will be some ups and downs along the way. And Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is if you can just stop stopping, just whatever happens, you Mm -hmm. haven't quit. Mm -hmm. You're just having a longer 
window today, tomorrow will be a different day. And if you just keep that in mind, then you're doing something good for your body. Another thing is if you journal, that really is helpful. And that you can ask yourself, just be like, dear future Coco or whoever you are, how do I get past this thing? And just like free right after that. And love you will it. come up with solutions you you don't even know that you know. I love that. How do I get past this thing? Whatever it is. That's powerful right there. How did I get past it? Okay. Yeah. I and love your that. Self, I swear things will come out of your pen and you're like, oh, really? Where did that come from? Uh-huh. But That's a powerful there. technique. You know, having all different kinds of people that share their wisdom. And, you know, each one of these people that I've talked about, including you, has helped my health so much. But at the end of the day, we have to sit back and be like, check in with ourselves to be like, what's working? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you are you're the, the best authority of yourself. Exactly. And that's hard to learn sometimes because you want to do everything right. I know. And, and right by somebody else's standards. Exactly. So make time to be like, okay, but what's right for me? I love that. Well, Coco, it has been a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you for sharing your story. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really grateful for your guidance and for all the wonderful people that have inspired me with their stories through your podcast. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Once upon a beat. Remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuel, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the new kids and family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat.